0: but there is kind of like written into this that there is some really unique representations of what God is doing just in humanity in general yeah where he is gathering um a people that will follow his son and that's the church and they will be united forever with the Bridegroom.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to The Bible Distilled. I'm Ben Davey, one of the hosts of this podcast, and I'm here with Caleb Sprinkle, my bearded man friend how are you doing man i am doing real good i'm on water today i had too much coffee i had i had like (laughs) nine cups this morning yeah did not sleep last night
0: i had there was one that i have blanked on the name of it but it was this like chocolatey peanut butter it tastes like a reese's cup
1: you still haven't opened that for me yet i i'm waiting to try it good yeah Yeah.
0: so next time i know that next time we will shout out (laughs) <laughs> Where that sermon what it
1: is but today we're shouting out h2o that's right <laughs> so guys thanks for coming back we have um four chapters to dive into today and if you're new to this podcast really our goal is to just equip you in the scriptures to show you some major themes that occur over and over again ultimately how everything's pointing to christ it's telling a story of redemption. Uh, from Genesis to Revelation, and we hope that you'll be encouraged by it. Most importantly, that you'll be encouraged to open it up yourself and go deeper than maybe what you've been doing in the past. But yeah, Mm -hmm. let's get into it. So chapter 23 to chapter 26, a a lot happens, a lot of death.
0: A lot of death, a lot of narrative. We start out um, with the death of the matriarch, um, Sarah, this new Eve. Um, and so she gets a whole section because this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, the, I think maybe the biggest thing that I, I want to explore here. So after after Sarah dies, um, Abraham is, again, he's, he's wandering around in this land of Canaan. Um, he's not like it, it's this land of promise, but we start to see, especially here, Um, that he invests quite a bit into putting down roots Mm. here. So um, last week we saw he made a treaty with Abimelech, and here we see um, that he's forking out a ton of money Mm. (laughs) here to start this ancestral burial ground for Mm. him and his family and his ancestors. You'll hear a lot of, like in the Old Testament, where they were gathered with their people and their ancestors. And so... He is um, starting this, essentially, in this foreign land um, that ultimately God promised would be his and the people of Israel one day.
1: Yeah, and and we were talking earlier about how it's a great picture of how we're supposed to be dealing with the nations or mm-hmm. like the unbelievers in our lives. The way that Abraham deals with the Hittites is very much just drenched in kindness integrity honesty generosity yeah generosity um you know he could have wheeled and dealed Mm -hmm. he he could have tried to just you know lowball and do all of the kind of things that are just so normal in our culture Mm -hmm. um and i think that we all kind of have that tendency to um you know, use people or kind of use our situation to earn sympathy Mm -hmm. so that we can get stuff from people like, Oh, I'm really struggling with this thing. Like, Hey, here's my cash app. Like send me some shortcuts and yeah. Cut corners. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and he doesn't do any of that stuff. Um, and so I think it's a really good picture of like, he's, he's fulfilling his God given mandate to be a light to the nations. Mm -hmm. Cause I think they would have fully expected a, a dishonest, you know, wheeler dealer, whatever, and and he's not. He's the opposite of that.
0: And so, yeah. and God's name is on the line, right? Like, and so Abraham is is wanting to model that. You know, God is one of generosity, um, and faithfulness, and love. And I mean, he, again, he he does a lot of things wrong, but he does get some things right. Um, and I think even. In chapter 24, um, he is now real old, like mm. super old. And I think he is realizing that he's coming to the end here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, just to kind of wrap up that thought, like because I, I can see myself doing the opposite of this a lot, is like the the showing the kindness. He's not short-tempered. He's not harsh. Mm-hmm. And he could have been. Um, but he's, like, the picture of kindness. Yeah. And I think sometimes Christians are really good at, like, being truthful mm-hmm. and not really, like, we just forget the commands to be kind. Mm-hmm. Like, and we forget the fact that it's the fruit of the Spirit, too. Um, and so I think we, you know, we, I don't want to just, like, breeze over the kindness of Abraham and yeah. all of this because we, we have a lot to learn from this. So well, just and he's yeah, fin-
0: he, well, no, I mean, to connect it, like, he's finishing well, mm, you know? Yeah. Like, he... He is getting older, like, he, he's seen his end, but even still, like, he, you know, finished the race, hmm. you know? Um, so, no, you're you're absolutely right, like, even in all dealings that he does, like, season with kindness and grace and, and generosity. So... Yeah. But at uh, the beginning of 24, we have him now wanting to, I mean, essentially set up his son well. Um, yeah. So with Isaac, um, which is interesting. Cause like Isaac is this child of promise and we get like maybe three chapters. of him. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. it's like, we've been waiting, we've been waiting. And it's just like his narrative is just kind of breezed over. Um, yeah. and we can read a chapter like this and be like, what the heck is happening? But man, as I was digging into this chapter, like this one this one blew me away mm-hmm. um, on just the massive amount of theology that we can find from it. But starting with the narrative, um, Abraham says he's old. God bless him in every way. And then he tells his senior servant, "Hey, I want you to find Isaac a son." Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of context there, like it, it says that like Abraham doesn't want Isaac to leave. And he go find a wife because ultimately, like, he might not come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, and we do see kind of that later with Jacob. Like Jacob goes away for mm-hmm. a long time. So like he, God said, like, this is the land I have for you. So mm-hmm. like even even in that, Abraham's wanting to obey that and like protect his son, keep him like in the land of promise. And so he says, all right, go swear by me or I'm sorry, swear by the Lord um, and make an oath with me that you will go do this.
1: Yeah, and I think the the really cool thing about this servant is we don't just see his devotion to Abraham, the fact that he is a trustworthy servant, mm-hmm. but the fact that he actually adopts the God of Abraham. And yeah. so he's praying all the time um, at... At one point, his prayers shift Mm -hmm. from, you know, the Lord of my master, the Lord of Abraham, to just the Lord. Yeah, verse 12, the Lord God
0: of my master. And then down to verse 26, it just says, and worship the Lord. Praise be the
1: Lord. Yeah. And that's a really cool picture of, again, Abraham carrying out his purpose to be a light to the nations. Through this man, the nations will be blessed and be brought back. Um, to Yahweh. And it's really awesome to see how that plays out in the servant's life. So yeah, he's devoted, he's trustworthy. And as he's going out on this journey, the God of his master becomes his God. And he's like blown away by what he sees. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, it, you know, the prayer is a little interesting, um, cause he's, he's essentially saying, you know, God, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to like, do this really specific thing. Yeah. Um, and like, if I meet a woman that will like f- feed and water these camels and like, <laughs> it's just this really unique prayer. And so like, kind of we're left wondering like, did like is, does God just like move in that really like specific way? Is that yeah. how it kind of works? But, but I think like what, what is greater, like a greater thing that's happening is like, this is what, kind of Abraham and his family did like Mm -hmm. they were very hospitable people. Like, Mm -hmm. um, when the three servants came, you Mm -hmm. remember where like Abraham, he just gets up and he's like running around like crazy. Like, man, I want to like serve these people. I want to host well. And so like Mm -hmm. that language is very similar with Rebecca where Mm -hmm. it says she's like, she hurries around. And so like the servant is like praying this, but he doesn't actually even ask her to do it. She just does it. Yeah. And like, holy cow, the amount of water it would take to like water these camels. Um, It's like, what, like 15, 20 gallons per camel and there's like 10 camels.
1: Yeah, at least 20 because they had been working all day. Yeah. And so you got, yeah, 200 gallons, 200 trips. Yeah, ridiculous. Back and forth. Yeah, the upper body strength on Rebecca, <laughs> man. It's
0: <laughs> like ripped. But it, but it's just like this, like she and this family are just kind of made of just the same stuff. Yeah. You know, that like Abraham is. And like that's the type of like... Um, I mean, that's, that's who he wants to marry Isaac, but I mean, more so we see that like Rebecca is from the line of Shem, like she is Mm -hmm. from this line that the redeemer, the Messiah, the promised one would, would come from. So he's saying like, I don't, I don't want to blow this. Like I really do want to follow God. Um, and so like, yeah, just all of those things kind of converge together in a, in a really kind of unique way. Well, he's
1: praying very specifically. Like you just mentioned, for some things that are like going to be absolutely vital for a mm-hmm. wife, and I think that you know we've got a lot of singles in our church, and they want to be married, and that's wonderful. Um, and and they're praying, they're looking for specific things, they're praying for specific things, and I would say that a lot of times we are looking for the wrong things, mm-hmm. and our culture kind of gets us to think about wrong things and pray for wrong things mm-hmm. and hope for wrong things and i think that this is a good example i don't i'm not saying it's normative um obviously this is just this is a story yeah, James, narr- narrative is, is at, not normative not always yeah. yeah but there you know one of the principles i see in here is like he's actually looking for somebody who's hospitable Mm -hmm. like the family that she's going to be brought into, Mm -hmm. um, who's generous, who's hardworking, who's welcoming to strangers, Mm -hmm. which again is like, that's the people of Israel. They're supposed to welcome in the strangers. That's what it means to bear the image of God. Exactly. Coming from this specific line Mm -hmm. that is going to fulfill the mandate and the purpose of this prophecy over the family and everything. And, and and he prays a specific prayer and he gets a specific answer. Yeah. Like you pray specific prayers that are in line with God's will, you're going to get specific answers. Yeah. Um and I think that that's just really cool to see. He's just so blown away by it. Like, yeah. wow, I didn't wow, this is incredible. Right. She's even from this family and then he worships God. Like, you you really are the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so cool like um
0: and I, I I'm glad that you brought that up because like, man, if if our entire lives really are about Jesus and Mm. pursuing Jesus, then like the things that we pray for, like, man, are, are they drenched in that? Mm. Are they drenched in kingdom come will be done? Are they drenched in man? I just want this for me. Right. You know? So like, I I see this here of like, this is Isaac and Rebecca together are going to bring forth like Mm. the promises of, of God. Um, Yeah. So, this was really interesting um as well that i um that i was learning and, and discovering because it does kind of feel like isaac and rebecca are like these transitional characters like yeah. between abraham and jacob and it's like you know they're just their their lives like their stories don't get a ton of airtime but um i would say this chapter like we can't miss greater theologically what's happening here. Because, I mean, think about this. Abraham is the father, right? Mm-hmm. And he sends a servant to gather a bride for his son. Mm-hmm. Does that remind you of anything in Scripture? Sounds a little like the New Testament. Sounds yeah. a lot like the sounds New sounds Testament. Sounds a little <laughs> like, you know, Ephesians 1. and <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it's, man, the, the striking parallels to... Matthew twenty-two, the the wedding feast, mm. where it says the 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 king sends out the servants to gather the people of God for uh, this banquet, right? Mm. Revelation uh, nineteen uh, talks about how like the people of God, the church, are the bride that are gathered and prepared for the gr- the bridegroom Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it is this like greater, I think, redemptive history, just packaged into genesis 24 yeah where isaac as we've seen already isaac is this type of christ typology It means he's foreshadowing christ and so like if he is like the son which it's like the author's not like he wants us to see that because in genesis 22 sacrifice is that just 22 sacrifice of isaac I can't.
1: Remember I think so. Yeah, yeah,
0: it is. Okay. I was like, I, think, I don't think it was last chapter, but Genesis twenty-two, like the language of only, only son hmm. is important there to see that, like, so, and I'm, I, I don't, I don't want us to, I don't want to get too far where like Abraham models the father of God. Like, I, I don't want to say like, okay, he's, but there is kind of like written into this that there is some really unique representations of what God is doing just in humanity in general, where he is gathering um, a people that will follow his son and Mm -hmm. that's the church and they will be united forever Mm -hmm. with the
1: bridegroom. Um, Well, I think it's important to, to highlight those things too, because it's the lens through which we read scripture you know, it, it is a Christological lens mm-hmm. and it's the telling of the story of redemption. And so even though you have all of these seemingly random stories and random characters and, you know, it, it almost feels like they're out of order and mm-hmm. it's like a b- bunch of random puzzle pieces. It, it's not. It's all when you see it through the Christological lens, you see the same story over and over again. And that really is the key to to reading the Bible. Yeah. So highlighting it and seeing it is always amazing. And yeah. it's always just like um captivating to think about the fact that not only was God doing this, but This book that we have that's written over thousands of years by all of these different authors is literally telling the same story over and over and over again. It's totally unified, inspired by one author. Exactly.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's God
1: breathed. Yeah, so of course, that this
0: obscure, random story in Genesis is going to point to greater what God is doing. And I would even say there's a couple other notes that support it as well. So Laban, we see later. But not, I mean, we already see some of his character here now, where he's like rebuking <laughs> Rebecca from leaving. Right. Um, we will we will see how much of a deceiver he deceives the deceiver Jacob. Um, so like Laban is now seen as like this type of evil and wickedness that is in the world that is wanting to keep the the bride, keep Rebecca from going to be a part of this promise. Hmm. But ultimately, like Christ is redeeming his people from the powers of evil that are in the world that he's saving us. He's rescuing us from this line of the serpent, from this deceiving line. Um, and Laban plays kind of that role. And I love what Rebecca, she's like, no, I'm going like, I'm (laughs) going because I believe God. Like I I want to be a part of this. Um, and then the great one, my favorite note, the end of Genesis twenty four. It says that Isaac loves yeah. Rebecca. He loves his bride, and like Jesus, man, he loves his yeah. bride. He gave his life for his bride. Um, so that's so really, really good. Yeah, it's really beautiful. But um, so from that story, then we get to the death of Abe. <laughs> He's done, man. Gone. Yeah. So many chapters of this patriarch, uh, yeah. the father uh, of Israel, and. He is, uh, he's dead So So
1: now let's move on
0: (laughs) Yeah, right (laughs) (laughs) No, there's, um, there's some There's some cool stuff, uh, in here Um, but did you Did you have any, I guess before we move on Did you have any closing thoughts with Genesis 24 Or
1: I think you closed it well Okay Yeah, I think we can move on
0: So, Genesis 25 Uh, Abraham takes another wife Right before he goes out (laughs) 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 <laughs> take, no, no comment <laughs> he takes uh takes one more wife um and then she bears him a lot of kids with some names that are really fun to say um but and i won't say them but
1: but ultimately these are the nations that are gonna war with
0: they are yeah. israel yeah these are the enemies of israel um we've got midian uh we've got shiva um there was one more in here. Efa. Um, these are those are kind of definitely the big ones that become these like opponents to Israel. Yeah. But doesn't this kind of look familiar to with Hagar? Yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it says you know he leaves everything to Isaac. He leaves everything to his only son, mm-hmm. um, and then like uh, the sons of these concubines, like he just sends them away. Mm. <laughs> Um, and that's that's sad right like it's it's just you know it, it was not necessarily the the design, but this is what happened yeah. um and kind of a a moment of tragedy um there is all of these sons from these concubines that he sends and and there's an important note, verse six it says that he sends them to the land of the east. Mm. Um, what does that mean? You have, you've, you've mentioned that a couple of times, whenever we get this phrase to the land of the East.
1: Yeah. Throughout, throughout Genesis, it's always a, it's always away from the presence of God. Mm. Anytime you're moving, anytime someone's moving East in this narrative, they're moving away from the presence of God.
0: Yeah. And so like this land of promise, um, they're sent right further and further away right uh, from that. Yeah. So there has been like all of these lines, um, of like from, from Abraham that, you know, like all these kids that were outside the design, all these nations that are created and and started. And, um, it's just like, okay, are they done? Like, is that it? (laughs) Like, is that like, they're, they're now cursed and they're gone. But, um, there is actually a pretty, incredible connection to some of these sons that Abraham has through these concubines that are found in Isaiah and then later in the New Testament. So I'm going to actually take us to Isaiah 60, it's verses 1 through 6. That pulled up. All right, so arise. Uh, so the context here is they, the Israelites, have been sent out into exile, and um, Isaiah is giving this them this like picture of future glory mm-hmm. of like redemption for them um, because they have been taken away from all they've known, um, and there's this future glory. So he's saying, arise, shine for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you. His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar. So afar is another phrase for like from the east. Your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To the riches of the nations will come. And here's, here's the biggie. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Shiva mm-hmm. will come. Bearing gold and frankincense <laughs> <laughs> and proclaiming the praise of the Lord, what scene did you just have in your mind there?
1: the birth of Christ?
0: That's it, yeah, so if Christ really is the faithful Israelite mm. who is coming to do what the Israelites couldn't do yeah. um, then these nations are coming to him. And I would even say a step further that like the gospel extends to all nations that all peoples are redeemed. So even these sons that are coming from this like really messy kind of situation, like their peoples get to be a part of the greatest thing that is to happen uh, in history is that Emmanuel God with us is here and he is, he is a um, fully man, and yeah. he is born uh, in this obscure place. And these three kings, the wise men, come where from the east um, mm-hmm. towards the glory of
1: of the Lord. So it's just a beautiful picture, man. I mean, when you when you told me that, I I, I get goosebumps now even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like they are in the east, and they're coming from the east back into the presence of God. Yeah, and in His presence is life. You know, I think of John one. Mm-hmm. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Like if you want, if you want to to experience life, the only way to experience is it is in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. So how do people living in the east, living in darkness, living far from mm-hmm. God, get back to the presence of God? It's the the true and better Abram. Mm-hmm. It's the true and better Isaac. It's the true and better Jacob. It's Jesus, mm-hmm. and He brings all the nations back.
0: All of these themes, all of these pictures, just like the the bride and the bridegroom, the, the glory of the Lord coming, like extending beyond just, um, Israel to the nations. Like it is the picture of, and that's how I like, we're doing this because like, we want you guys to see, um, that like, even like all of these stories can be read. And what we mean by like redemptively is that, like from beginning to end, it really is kind of just this one story that is foreshadowing the final end that yeah. like we will all be if we are surrendered to Jesus grafted and coming back westward, coming back to the city that God is making and like yeah. where it says that we don't even need the son anymore because <laughs> the glory of the son of uh, of, of the father will be will, will, our light, yeah. Um, so it's just like it's supposed to be read kind of in that way, yeah. So I think with Jacob and Esau, we were gonna punt. Um, we're that, gonna do that next week, yeah, for next week. Um, just kind of reading that all as one story, um, but. I think maybe any
1: any closing thoughts on twenty five. Honestly, man, I think uh, I I just feel like moved by mm. that whole uh scene in Isaiah. I think that's a good place to end it. I don't know if you have I'm sure you have more to say, but um I have one thought with twenty six, just with Isaac's life. Okay. I just want
0: to tie up Isaac's yeah, life, I guess. That's good. That's and then, good and then we um next week we'll start with Jacob. We'll start with Jacob and Esau. All right. So in uh, chapter 26, um, we see just how amazing Isaac is and completely obeys the Lord and (laughs) doesn't do what his dad does. Um, Generational sin isn't a thing. So Isaac, we have almost a retelling of the same story um, where Isaac and Abimelech, um, he lies about Rebecca. She's my sister um, and doesn't want... He's afraid, right and so he doesn't do I mean he does what his father does, so it's just this this fa- the sins of the father, poisoned fruit and bad discipleship passed on to mm-hmm. the generations and um so there's there's that, but there's also this rearticulation of the promise that's given to Abraham so the verses one through uh five where he says um." that the nations will be blessed through you. I'll make descendants as numerous as the stars. I mean, it's all the same language. Um, he also says, don't go down to Egypt. Um, that's what your dad did. And Egypt means comforts. Egypt means like, like we talked about with Sodom. It's just like, it's this like desire, like what? Mm-hmm. like just obey me, stay where I, the land where I tell you to live. Uh, yeah. verse two, um, and so, like, we have that, and then immediately after that, um, Isaac um, does that thing with uh, Abimelech, which the positioning of the stories, I mean, again, we're supposed to see, this almost is like a retelling of Abraham's life. Right. right? But there are some differences, and the, and the reason why I'm, I'm making this point is Isaac, there are some pretty significant differences that Isaac does end up staying in the land, and he does end up doing the mission of his dad. Mm -hmm. So he goes around, he's like, so when we're reading, like he's digging up all these wells. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you doing? But like the point that he's, he's doing there is that like, he is wanting to extend grace and blessing to the nations. Yeah, He's wanting to give, um, the blessings that he's gotten from God to, to the nations. And even the King is like, man, like you are wealthy, like Mm -hmm. get out of here. We're scared of you. Um, (laughs) And so like they're, they're clearly seeing like it, Isaac planted crops in the land and it reaped a hundredfold. Like that's just massive, like blessing there. But, um, the reason why the author is tying those two things together, and I'll end with this, is that Abraham and Isaac, they're not our saviors. Yeah. They're not the ones like they do some good things, whatever, but they also do a lot of really messed up things. And, mm. um, the way that God deals with the patriarchs here, mm. it's this like foreshadow ultimately to like how he's going to deal with Israel. Yeah. So like that is like what we see in Genesis is what we're going to see from Exodus all the way to the end in uh, Micah where mm. God is just like still working with this really stiff neck people that do the same things over and over and over. And it's easy yeah. for us to be like, Oh, how could they? Mm-hmm. But how, like, how much do we just do the same things over and over and over? Oh, yeah. You know? So that is, um, yeah, that's it, kind of where we tie it up with Isaac. Um, his, um somewhat hopeless, but, again, God is still patient and gracious and working with his people to carry out his great name in the earth.
1: Yeah. And he's, like you just said, he's not the guy. You know, we always got to keep that in the back of our mind ever since Genesis 3 every time a new guy comes along that's what everyone's asking is this the one Mm -hmm. is this the snake crusher so to speak is Mm -hmm. this the one who's gonna be our messiah and so again the answer is no and so we're still waiting yeah so that's it yeet awesome guys well Jonathan thanks for sitting there and producing this thing man and Caleb love you dude guys thanks for joining us we'll see you again next week see you guys